Blog Talk Radio. by some of the biggest name guest artists in the world. They all said recording with the legendary John Fogarty was amazing, so I highly recommend that album to you. And with credit due and credit done with John, let me welcome you to the A Smiling World Rodeo Radio Show. Well, not a rodeo, a radio. <laughs> you can tell that I've been on the ranch a little too long. Welcome to A Smiling World's Radio Show. And we're Bill and Jan Moore of the Festival of Enlightenment and A Smiling World. We created both of those. And you are listening to a show designed to add to your lives love, joy, peace, and abundance. That's what we are all about. We're here every Wednesday at 10 Pacific, 11 Mountain, noon Central, and 1 Eastern Time. And even our folks over in London can listen at 6 in the evening. And besides being here on Blog Talk, we can be found at festivalofenlightenment.com and at asmilingworld.org or .com. Either way you want to go, it'll get you to the same place. Stop by the A Smiling World website and take in lots of great info. And remember, because we are a give-what-you-can, non-exclusionary business, and because you care... Don't forget to hit the donate button and help someone who's struggling to achieve the life of their dreams. Now, over to my lovely wife, Jan, to add a few words and to bring on our special guest today. Take it away, Jan. Thank you, Bill. That's great. And, uh, yeah, I really uh, urge you to go along to this morning where we've got some great information there. And you can also... Uh, follow us as we do our A Smiling World Empowerment Roadshow. We're currently in Portland. Uh, 
George. You've lost me? You're back. Thank you. Okay, so we're, yeah, we're having a wonderful time in the Columbia River Gorge. Absolutely stunning scenery around here. And we'll be doing our next event in Portland on the 12th and 13th of September. So we're really looking forward to that. So if you're in the Portland area, do go along to the website to our events page and you'll see all the details of the Empire Life Achieve Your Dreams workshop there, a two-day interactive transformational experience, which has really got outstanding feedback from everybody that's attended. So we're really looking forward to that. And today, I'm delighted to welcome to the show, Vanager Ananda. Uh, we were actually introduced to her through our mutual friend, Marcus, who has the Healing for Inner Peace radio show on Blog Talk. And we're delighted to have been able to have Vanaja on our show today. Vanaja um, takes a holistic approach to achieving health and happiness. She works with people of all ages, particularly those with depression, anxiety, stress, and attention issues. She has learned extraordinary techniques to help people self-heal imbalances in the body that lead to angina, arthritis, asthma, diabetes, kidney malfunction, obesity, cancer, neurological issues, and more. The Kayakalpa Self-Empowerment Program is designed to help people achieve optimum health and a disease-free body. And Vanager has an incredible portfolio of healing modalities in her, in her toolbox. Um, her specialties include neurofeedback, wellness kinesiology, tactile integration, brain gym, handwriting without tears, emotional freedom technique, Erlen's syndrome, memory retention techniques, and other cutting-edge programs. And she's now added the Siddha Kayakalpa Self-Empowerment Program to her repertoire of methodologies. Vanagel uh, lives in New Jersey, and she's also co-author of the book, which... Uh, I'm trying to find on her page now. I did actually find it on her uh, um, her bio. So, Vanaja, just um, tell our listeners, would you, about the book that you co-authored. Here it is. I found it again. It's um... no, I haven't. Vanaja, welcome. Please get me out of this. <laughs> <laughs> the book is called Dreams Are Reality. <laughs> That's it. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I'm talking about between two websites here. So <laughs> I'm loving it. I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do like to have a laugh on these shows, you know, not take this too seriously. <laughs> so yeah, it's much more fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited about this because uh, you know it's an it's a chance for us to get to know each other and our listeners to get to know you all at the same time, which is wonderful. So um, please tell us about this wonderful repertoire of um, healing modalities that you practice. Yes, I would love to. Thank you very much. Um, I guess I'll go through a, a few of them. Neurofeedback was something I learned back in 2005, I believe it was then. And what it is, is you put a sensor on the scalp and it records the brain waves on the EEG system. And when the brain is at the ultimate frequency, which is the beta frequency, 
the person receives points or the Pac-Man moves. They're actually playing a game with their brain without a joystick. So usually I was working with um, children with ADHD and adults and, and teenagers as well. And their brain wave is usually at a low brain wave, which is like a beta or a delta, which means they're they're awake, but they're really not. Their brain is practically asleep. So the reason they become hyperactive a lot of times is to feel a part of the world. They they just do things just to awaken their brain. So what this neurofeedback does is it trains the brain to get to the beta just through operant conditioning based on Pavlov's dogs, basically, where they rang a bell and the dogs got the food and they learned how to do that. So this trains the brain as the, as the child or an adult or whatever receives points and the game starts um, moving and... Um, Things are exploding and different things like that on the game, making it more exciting. It really trains their brain to get to that frequency. It's very invasive. So after a while, after a certain amount of sessions, the people can do it on their own without any medication. It does basically the same thing as Ritalin, which is very dangerous to the system. And at that time, it wasn't very well known. There wasn't a lot of research studies um, to support it. And Dr. Oz is the one that really made it very, very famous. He does neurofeedback, and he talks about it constantly on his show. So it's really an amazing technique. So I actually... I was going to say that sounds amazing because um, it seemed to me like... It would somebody with ADHD would be the brain going too fast and and jumping from one thing to another, but you're actually saying it's the opposite. Yes, yes, they're really at a very low brain wave, and the reason they keep jumping, as you say, is just to feel a part of everything, just to be involved. Like in the classroom, they're like floating out off and on, you know, and looking at other things they could be seeing like five different things at the same time. They could see the teacher at the board. They could see the guy outside the window mowing the lawn. They could see the child in front of them um, playing with their papers, and they can't really focus on one particular thing. So they, they'll, they like, kick their feet or start moving around, and then they're considered behavioral issues, but really they're not. They're just trying to learn and be part of part of society and it's very very difficult for them so by bringing them up to that brainwave frequency they're they're able to focus and they're able to just be a part of everything and it's a wonderful feeling and there's no side effects and that's the greatest thing about it absolutely and uh We've heard about some terrible side effects of wrestling just from people that we've known who um, who have been treated with it as children. And one, one person that we knew um, when we were at the ranch in Austin apparently was on wrestling as a child and created extreme anger and, and really has impact, 
impacted his life for years after. It's um, really tragic how these drugs can can have such a long-lasting impact on, on people's lives. It's really, really so true because, well, Ritalin is considered a psychostimulant medication similar to cocaine, and it has that type of um, addictive behavior. It's called a Schedule II drug. And what it does is it, it does give the immediate gratification what people are looking for, the obedient child in the classroom and, you know, that type of thing. But when the drug wears off, the child, it goes back to not only the old behaviors, but it is exacerbated to a point where they do become furious and rages occur and and parents do not know what to do because it's usually after school when they're off these medications and the parents really feel helpless, don't know what to do and sometimes the child is put on the medication then for the afternoon or on weekends where they normally wouldn't have it or they're giving more drugs and more drugs and more drugs. And what happens is these aren't natural chemicals in the body. So what happens is it goes into the actual, there's like a locking key at the end of a neuron. So natural chemicals, will the key will open the neuron right next to it, which is a cell, a connecting cell. But with these artificial chemicals, it opens the adjacent cell, but it also seeps into other organs that this chemical does not benefit. Even the natural chemical in the brain knows exactly what neuron to go into that is adjacent to it. It won't go into other areas of the body. However, this artificial chemical and these psychostimulant medications do go into other areas of the body. And that's what starts creating diseases, and then there's so many side effects. There's anxiety, and there's insomnia, and then there's you know, much more severe behavioral issues and then they're given more and more and more chemicals and these it becomes a, a pharmaceutical cocktail, basically. And then they're, um, it's deleterious to their whole anatomy. It's very, very scary. And this is what the big pharmas do and they thrive on it because they make a lot of money out of it. So I was always looking for alternative to help mainly children at the time because I owned a preschool and I was always looking for cutting-edge ideas and techniques to bring into the school to help children be successful in every developmental area and just soar, soar, soar. And, and I saw when these kids graduated from my school when they were happy and healthy and wonderful because our curriculum was based on play, but it was always play with a purpose. So it had always an academic component added to it. And we had guided imagery and specialized CDs and brain gym and memory techniques and yoga. And we put everything together so kids didn't even realize they were learning. But when they got 
up into the, I'd say like second or third grade, they were told they were behavioral issues or they had learning disability or whatever the case may be, and they were put on drugs. So I was always looking for ways to help these kids. It was, it was just so, so, so important to me to help children just be successful and use their innate abilities, what God gave them, to heal themselves and learn the techniques, the coping skills, to handle anything that came in front of them. And that was so, so important to me. And and I also learned, I learned many techniques. Another one I want to tell you is wellness kinesiology, which was founded by uh, Dr. Wayne Topping, and he learned at the Biokinesiology Center in Oregon. And I was fortunate to learn directly from him, and I took many courses with him. And kinesiology is basically um, muscle testing. So our body has its own intelligence. So when you ask the body yes or no questions, you actually get an answer. I was flabbergasted when this first occurred because, to be honest, everything, I was, um, I needed irrefutable proof for everything. I was very scientific-oriented, and I wanted research and evidence and, and from main universities and, and so on and so forth. So this just flabbergasted me when I, I saw this, and I was so taken aback. And I was intrigued by it, and and something within me kept me going to these classes and classes. And I saw this was so real. And what he does is he says that there are beliefs within our subconscious that are associated with different organs and, and various parts of the body. And when we hold on to this belief, we're fine, such as for learning disabled children or adults, I don't mean to say just children, for learning disabled people, the belief is I'm not good enough. And that is associated with the posterior pituitary in the brain. So what he says is if people continue throughout their lives feeling they're not good enough, nothing happens. But when a person goes against that belief, so at times in their life, people will say, I am good enough and win an award or, or be um, commended for something they achieved. And that is contrary to their subconscious belief. That is when disease starts encroaching in the posterior pituitary gland. And the reason that's so important is the pituitary gland is the master gland for the whole endocrine system. So if that is not functioning well, we are in the fight-or-flight mode, which means we're in the um, reptilian mode. All animals have this ability, the fight-or-flight. So... If, if they come into an alarming situation, the first reaction is to fight their predator or run away from them and hide. Those are their reactions. Or freeze and not do anything, really. Those are the three reactions. 
So when the posterior pituitary is constantly, it secretes a chemical called um, norepinephrine or adrenaline. So to prepare the body to fight or, or fly away, to run away, the adrenaline courses through the body and it constricts muscles and, and the person feels like superhuman and can lash out and they're invincible and, and nothing can harm them. And when a person is constantly in this state, it is like a broken record and adrenaline is constantly coursing, 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 coursing through their body. So they have no time to calm their body. They're on constant alert every single minute of every single day. And I may be exaggerating a little there. But a lot of the time, they are on constant alert. So they do not trust anybody. They're always looking for um, someone that's going to put them down. Then they're going to yell out at them or hit them or whatever the case may be. So... What this does, this wellness kinesiology, and it, it's remarkable, it actually takes people into the exact age where the belief started. So I would go to people and say, at three years, three months, this, this occurred, just through body testing. And through asking questions and things like that, it would remind the person, what was going on, and they were all yes or no questions, and I wasn't giving them any answers. They were figuring it out on their own, and we even went younger than three years old and sometimes into the fetus, and and the pattern continued sometimes when the person was 12 or 24 or 50 or whatever the case may be, and wherever this was a big trauma for the person, we were able to reprogram that belief just through positive affirmations and muscle testing. Absolutely amazing, and I definitely recommend this technique. And then um, another technique, but I started another business. I had a preschool for 17 years, and I started a business called Educational Healing to help to help people recognize their true potentials and release anxiety and depression and and anything they were handling. And um, especially for these children and adults suffering with ADHD and not feeling good enough. And um, also other beliefs that I can mention are not being able to express ourselves is something um, affiliated with cancer. And I must please everything is an everyone is an addictive behavior, or um, a lot of people overweight have this belief, and different things like that. So we determine um, what the correct statement is that the body will accept, and and it's able to reprogram. And usually it takes 21 days to reprogram any belief. And it's not, I mean, it's easy and yet not easy because emotions are coming to the surface and people have to deal with them. And the only way to release it is through 
anger or crying or um, may get headaches or stomach aches or uh, different different ailments like that. That's the only way to remove toxins from the body. But it, it happens relatively quickly when the person is willing to accept it for what it is and realize that we brought it into our lives to bring us to higher consciousness. And that's what it's all about, to get closer and closer to God. Are you there? Absolutely, and fascinating. Oh, okay, because I'm hearing. Saying. Yeah. <laughs> I was hearing um, deep, so I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I try and uh, keep the the phone on mute when you're speaking, so I don't kind of interrupt. Okay, I just want to make noise. sure. <laughs> I just but want yeah, to make know, sure everyone just what we do in our um, empowerment <laughs> classes is to do with. Um, helping people to release limiting beliefs and it's really interesting to hear the connection between the 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 body and the mind you know mind and spirit and everything being so connected which of course the conventional medical profession doesn't recognize at all um it the physical is kind of self-contained and not um not impacted by the mind or the emotional state and yet there's so much evidence now to say that um in fact, it's the mind that controls the body and not the other way around. So hearing this about, you know, the, especially the not good enough, because that's been something I suffered from for years because of childhood experiences. And I know it's a recurring theme that comes up in our workshops. So mm-hmm. to actually um, learn that that's connected to a specific part of the body is fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah, it was fascinating to me, too. And as I saw it work with people, I, I was just so happy. And to me, the greatest happiness is seeing people heal themselves. <laughs> and and it, is, it is just a, the greatest high ever. And even though I was, like, so into, like I said, scientific proof, that I was no longer... Um, expecting scientific proof because I was experiencing it not only for myself within my own body and watching other people experiencing it within their own bodies as well. And I was seeing their um, self-confidence start soaring, and it was just so wonderful and wonderful. It, it, It was just amazing, and I loved every single minute of it. And another technique I brought in was brain gym, and this I did not only with the educational healing but with the school. And what it is, it was Dr. Denison came up with this theory, or actually with this practice, and it's simple exercises that cross the midline that allow access to both hemispheres of the brain, both the right and left hemispheres of the brain, to join together for whole brain learning. And he worked with learning disabled children, and he found out by doing these exercises, they were at the same level or exceeded the neurotypical children, as they were called. So I was fascinated and, of course, took classical class of brain gym until I was certified and then um, I brought it into my school and and the kids 
absolutely loved it because it was exercise. They didn't know what they were doing. And the parents loved it because it was helping with reading and writing and um, the academic, cognitive skills. So it was a win-win. And what I did for the children, because children really aren't interested about reading and writing, you know, really, at that age, that's not their big thing. So for me to show them that it was working, I would show them we would jump prior to doing brain gym. And then I would measure it, and then they would jump again after brain gym. And they saw with their own eyes how much further they went. And this excited them to no end, and we would do it with running and anything they wanted to get better at. We would, we would figure it out and, and show them how it resulted. Because people like to see results. We just do, even kids. So... Um, so that was just so remarkable, and I recommend it to everybody. It, it's really worldwide now, and, and people use it in schools, and they learn it in, they use it in corporations for achieving peak potentials, and, and they use it in a lot of places if you look brain gym up. It's really, really remarkable, and I recommend it. And, and, um... Whenever I'm with children, I still do it. It's it's really really good, and I taught adults to do it too. So they, I taught the parents. I did a lot with the community, and so they could continue it at home because I believe in close partnerships between the school and the parents. Everybody has to be on the same page, and we're all we all want to help their children succeed, and we all all want to be successful ourselves. So this not only helped the children, it helped the parents as well. It helped them calm down and handle dealing with um, outbursts from their children and different behavioral issues and that type of thing as well. So really, really great. And another method... Yes, that sounds wonderful. The, um, um, I mean, I've, I've seen around, a lot of things around in terms of brain exercises. What exactly are they? Can you describe the kind of things that, that you do within the brain, brain gym approach? Yeah, one is called the cross-crawl, and what you do is you're touching opposite sides of the body to each other. So, for example, my right hand would touch my left knee, and my left hand would touch my right knee. And we would do it like in a marching type thing. So you're always crossing over the midline of the body, there was something called the elephant where we would make the lazy eight, it's called, which is really the infinity symbol that, you know, spiritual people definitely know about. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and that crosses the midline as well. And even there are some writing exercises which you go through all of the letters in the alphabet and every time you're doing this, figure eight as well, the infinity symbol. So you're always crossing the midline. So it's telling the brain we're we're merging our left and right hemispheres together. They're not really separated. We're we're crossing the corpus callosum, which is between the right and left hemispheres, and just saying they're all one. They're all one. Because the left side of the brain is the logic, um, 
basically the logic, he wants facts and that type of thing, and that's what goes in the left side of the brain. And the right side of the brain is more um, intuitive and creative and that type of thing. So when you just have logic concepts coming in, you're you're just like a robot, basically spitting out um, ideas left and right. You know, rote memory skills. And if you just have the right side of the brain, you're just off in la la land. You know, just creating <laughs> yes. that with with no real purpose or anything. So when you can merge the two together, you're creating and thinking outside of the box and coming up with magnificent ideas and concepts and then bringing in the logic with it, you know, to really see what it's all about. And so, you know, people are coming up with these concepts that if they're just so right brain, they can't really communicate it the world and they're they're brilliant concepts and if um, they're too left no one wants to sit and listen to someone boring or just going off a PowerPoint presentation so when you can combine the two you have that energy and enthusiasm and you know about what your concept is and how it can help people and and it's so amazing and kids are brilliant beyond belief because they don't have a lot of the um, negative belief for as many years as adults do. (laughs) So it's easier for them to um, get into their intuition and get to their higher self and the God consciousness within them and really come up with these amazing ideas. And it's important for adults to start listening to children because they have incredible, really, really phenomenal ideas. And I'm not just saying this. The other day I I was guided to a video. It was from a 14-year-old who had a debate about GMOs She's opposed to GMOs, and um, she developed a whole organization, Kids Have the Right to Know. And she was debating Kevin O'Leary. He's a um, he's one of the Shark Tank entrepreneurs. And every, every point he came up with, he tried to trick her, and she remained calm and she was passionate about what she had to say. And so knowledgeable, she won that debate. And it was incredible. And I rec- it's on my Facebook page, and I recommend everybody to watch it. It is amazing, amazing, amazing. She never got angry. She was very peaceful, but she got her point across. GMOs need to be independently tested and labeled. That was what she was saying. Because it's creating toxins in our body. And Monsanto and other GMO corporations are using their own research to get it through. And she was saying, that's not okay. We want independent studies, real viable studies, so we can make informed decisions as citizens of the world 
and her her points were great. And she is just one of many children, millions of children around the world that have ideas and they know things are not okay in this world the way it it's going. And they know how to correct it. They really do. And she is going around. She's 14 years old. She does talks and everything. It's amazing. That's wonderful. Yeah, wonderful yeah. story. And, so, um, uh, you know, again, this is fascinating. I'm loving this conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the other, the other way of looking at it as well, between the left and right, and I tend to be and have been quite left-brain dominated. I mean, I, before I... Um, got into coaching and mentoring and all the work that I'm doing now, um, which to a degree I was doing before um, in my management role. Um, but I was in IT for 20-odd years, and obviously that's extremely logical, analytical, and so on. And, um, you know, the shift that I made was, was to shift more into the intuitive side. So I, I still find I, I'm more... Uh, naturally, my default is to be in the left brain, and I have to be conscious about moving into the right brain, into the heart space as well. But also, right. is this um, representative of the divine masculine, divine feminine, of, of the left brain being the, more the masculine energy, and the right brain, the creative, intuitive, what we would characterize as the feminine energy? Right, right. And and the left brain actually, actually activates the right side of the body and the right brain activates the left side of the body. And you're right, the feminine, we're all female and male energy inside every single one of us. If we're in a female body, we're 51% female energy and 49% male energy and vice versa if you're in a male body. So what we're, what we're doing is you're right. We're combining our male and female energy. And the 49% is our God energy. It's our pure, beautiful God energy full of unconditional love, complete forgiveness, compassion, unity, harmony, support, trust, truth. That is inside of us. And it's 49%. That's a lot of us. Now, the 51% is what's masked over with guilt and shame and anger and fear and worry and lust and greed and attachment and jealousy and all those negative beliefs. So that, when we're able to release those beliefs and they manifest in the early childhood years, they manifest usually between the ages of two to seven, we come up with these beliefs. And the pattern will continue within our life with different people coming into our life and fulfilling that same belief. So the belief, I'm not good enough, you will meet peers or teachers or coaches or professors or um, spouses or even, you know, family members within your own household that will bring up that belief constantly to you 
it is a pattern that will continue until you can release it. And once you take a different reaction to a situation, so instead of lashing out or getting angry or, or holding that anger inside, inside or outside, doesn't matter because the anger hurts ourselves either way and as well as the other person because thoughts are very powerful. But no matter what, if you can have a different reaction and be calm and handle that situation totally differently, you can release that belief pattern. And it's really, really that easy. came up with a mantra because... um, it, it basically took me years to release all the negative belief patterns I had. And and I had to realize I had to take responsibility. I was yelled at by an extraordinary teacher, and he told me to take responsibility. And it literally shifted everything in my whole physiological system. And I did. I started taking responsibility. And I said to myself, okay, why did I bring this situation to my life and what do I need to learn from it and how do I need to release it? And when I'm telling you that, I had a very, very challenging life. I was molested at four years or younger. I had emotional abuse. I was date raped. I was carjacked along with the car. I had the death of my parents. I lost my adopted daughter. Um, I was divorced. I went through bankruptcy. The house was in foreclosure. I lost the business. I went through ostracism, betrayal, alone. And I really, literally, every single fear I had, I faced. <laughs> and because it was, it was programmed into my subconscious and... Because I took responsibility eventually, and this started in 2010, and I went through the past and and figured out why I brought this into my life. And yes, I brought molestation to my life, and I can tell people about that. I really did. And it was to, you bring in karma from past lives. We have desires that weren't fulfilled from past lives, and we make a contract before we come to earth and decide which karmas we're going to work on in this lifetime. And then we go through the birth canal and we forget about it. There's so much pain through that birth canal, we forget about everything. So we come in as a blank slate, basically. But our subconscious remembers this. And so our subconscious has to bring in an experience into our lives so we can be reminded over and over and over what we need to release in this lifetime. And so a trauma will occur in early childhood or something, it may not even be considered a trauma to some people, but it creates such an emotional charge within our system because that's how it has to do it. It has to create an emotional charge for it to become embedded in our subconscious. And that's what happens in early childhood. And then our, and the subconscious at that point is called our inner child. And it's us as a child 
that is stuck with this belief and is in tears and anger and fear and worry and dealing with it the way a, a two or three or four year old or, or a little bit older would deal with it. And so every time this pattern emerges, you will see that child behaving inappropriately to the situation. So you'll be lashing out or you'll be saying criticisms or judgment or or, um, doing things you normally wouldn't do if you had clarity and, and calmness. And this type of pattern will continue and continue and continue and continue. Your inner child is telling you, This is what is going on. Please free me. Please free me. And and finally, I mean, my poor inner child was suffering. And finally, when that extraordinary teacher told me to take responsibility, at first my reaction was anger. I'm like, who are you to tell me to take responsibility? Really, I was very arrogant. And then a click went off, and I did. And I said, really? I brought molestation to my life? Yes, I really, really did. I brought a date rape into my life? Yes, I really, really did. And it was because I was searching for unconditional love, unconditional love. I wanted people to accept me for who I was, what I had to offer without without judging and criticizing and condemning and just saying, it's okay you made mistakes. We learn from our mistakes. That's okay. And I love you no matter what you do. You are a divine being. And that's all I was searching for. I was searching for it and searching for it. And at first the molestation, I don't want to get into graphics, but... I actually felt like I was being loved, and I actually liked it. And the only time what happened was the person said, if you tell anybody, nobody will love you. And at that point, I realized sex is means you don't, you're not loved. I cannot like sex. I cannot like it. And, and I put that into... My being, it was just in in my being. So when I was a date rape, that was very traumatic for me. I was a virgin at that time, and the person put a pillow over my head and practically suffocated me because I was screaming so loud. And that made me not like sex because for so many years I liked it. I was four years old liking it. And I had the conflict, if I like it, no one's going to love me. I have to bring something into my life where I do not like sex so people love me. I want people to love me. And that was what it was about. So once I realized that, it was so liberating. I felt so free that I was the one who can create my own environment just through my thoughts and from releasing these patterns. And I was able to release these patterns, and that's what my book is about, to help people, you know, show people how I release the patterns and how they can release patterns. And I have a self-healing event that 
is incredible and will help people release, and it's free too, and it's done globally, and it helps people release patterns so easily and and quickly once they are willing to take responsibility that they brought it into their life and not blame other people. Wow. And because that's, it's that's so much easier to blame others. I'm sorry, what? I was saying this is this is an amazing story, Vanager. It really is um I mean the first thing is to hear you talk about the early childhood experiences. I have this kind of intuitive um insight into that when um one of the things that we I do in coaching and this came from something that Bill actually did with me before we were part partners. He was mentoring me. And I actually wrote my life story and he worked with me on, on a uh, an experience that had really created this limiting belief of not good enough. And so I I would go through this process with my coaching clients to to start to identify the source of these beliefs that were obviously affecting them in their adult life. And to begin with, I was approaching it a bit like them as victims of this situation. You know, they were innocent victims of this happening to them and had to recover from it. And then uh, I can't really remember what triggered it, but I have this insight, which is exactly what you were talking about, that that these are the the ways that we're reminded of our soul purpose in this lifetime, that that these experiences are just bringing back to us the things that we've agreed to work through. So it's really good to hear that, you know, confirmed by what you're saying as well. And also the your response and, and uh, explanation of the fact that we we create these experiences for our own greater good. And I did work with somebody briefly, um, not only for one session on this, who had similar traumas um, in life, but she wasn't at a point where she could even consider the possibility of this these experiences having some benefit in some way for her so you know I think it is hard for people perhaps when they're starting on this journey of consciousness and really understanding the spiritual and the you know the fact that we come here having made the choice to work through these issues which are challenging until you really get to that level of acceptance it's very difficult to actually work through these things so it's not only on a personal level, it's kind of on a multi-dimensional level, really accepting that what we've been taught in organized religion, you know, you only live once and if you're not good, you'll go to hell and if you're good, you'll go to heaven, is is just nothing like the um, the true situation at all. Right, right. We've been conditioned so much from society. You're absolutely right. We're taught about and and the devil and going to hell and and really the only it all exists within us we're creating our own hell on earth because once we realize this and and to be honest um everybody thinks or maybe our biggest fear may be death and we're or fear of the unknown those two things to me and death could be 
in so many ways. It could be like a physical death or the loss of something or the separation of something or the lack of something or, you know, anything traumatic could be a death. But really, our soul lives on forever. We're just in these bodies to be on 3D Earth right now. And um, this is the bodies we choose. But when we die, our soul lives on and we'll go into another body or, or whatever we want to transmute into, depending. And as, as it's worth, I know it's, you're saying it's, it's hard for people to be willing to delve into their subconscious. Um, and I know it's especially hard for males because they've always been taught they're not allowed to cry or, or show any of their feminine side. And that was a ploy by the corrupt, by society in general, to keep people in a state of fear and subservience and so they can control the masses. So the truth is the most courageous thing that anybody can do is to cry because it releases so much, so much toxins. You'd be shocked. And even as far as anger, I say people should scream three times at the top of their lungs to nobody in particular, just three times, and and you will feel such a reprieve and peace from that because we have anger and we can't repress it and keep it inside. It needs to go outside, but it can explode on other people. It just needs to be released from our system. So I suggest screaming three times at the top of your lungs. That's really helped me. But another thing that um, your clients may like to hear is, what goes out comes right back to us. So if we're putting out thoughts that we're the victim, we're going to constantly be victimized by various people in society. That's just the law of the universe. Um, God is basically existential energy formless. And when, when God incarnates into a body which all of us are, we're, we're all divine. And that's why I'm saying 49% of us are divine. Now, there are different vibrational frequencies for people in human bodies, such as Jesus or Buddha or, you know, that type, which have risen to a very high vibrational level. And there are some still on the third dimensional vibration, which they feel like victims and want to blame everybody. And there are millions that have already um, reached the fifth dimension. And they know that when their thoughts are positive, that they have inner peace and happiness and feel the love. And that could happen anytime at any moment of their day, whenever they choose to do it. And they know it. And so... These people need to realize we've been conditioned to believe that we have to be victims. We have to live in torture. We, some people feel so comfortable. Not They like complaining or not even complaining. They like sympathy and they like um, it, it almost becomes an addiction to be a victim because 
they do get the sympathy and they they do get, oh, my God, this is so wrong and I feel so bad for you. But how is that really helping the person? I use more of a, a tough love approach and, and people get very mad at me and, and blame me and then they come back to me later. And it's okay <laughs> as long as I help people release things. And I, I say to people, you have created this experience, we need to delve into your inner child. We need to meet your inner child and tell your inner child that you love her or him, you forgive him or her, and that you're safe, you're protected, and and you ca- it's okay to release this. We're going to create a new life now. And I'm asking you for permission to allow me to release this because I want to start my new life because on a conscious level people really do want to start their new life but on a subconscious level they've got small child clinging on to their old beliefs and not willing to give them up and, and they're grasping at it and there's nothing that will pry it from their hands it's that strong So by giving them going to meet your inner child, and I'm not saying it's not painful. It has to be painful. You're going to cry with your inner child. You're going to realize that you don't need other people's love because you love yourself unconditionally and forgive yourself um, completely. And because whatever you're putting out, is what you want to learn. And it's not about other people needing to love you. Once you love yourself, that automatically triggers out to others and your whole environment changes as a result of it. It just automatically changes. And not just the it goes out for miles and miles. And energy, there's no distance in time, so energy travels from country to country. So you're, you're helping so many people by healing yourself without even realizing it. And it That's just takes the yeah. courage... Yeah, the courage to face the obstacle, whatever that is, and overcome it. And I could tell you, yes, I, I've cried, I screamed, I, you know, whatever the case may <laughs> to release it. And at the same time, I kept sending unconditional love and complete forgiveness, unconditional love and complete forgiveness to anybody I thought was my enemy, so to speak, or or anything I couldn't understand about another person. And I just kept sending it. I kept sending it, and I kept sending it. And what I realized, by the end of the book, I I said, I didn't know if I would be able to forgive humanity for what they did to me, because I revealed some things in this book, and people ostracized me and thought I was crazy, and, and so on and so forth. But the truth was, it wasn't about forgiving people. It was about forgiving myself. And there were so many things in this lifetime I had a hard time forgiving. Yes, I abandoned people. Yes, I betrayed people. Yes, I made people feel alone. Yes, every single thing that came up for me, I can go through my life and say yes. Yes, I did that. Yes, I did that. Oh, my God, I really did this. How can I have done this? So, of course, what I put out is coming right back to me. 
and and that's the truth and that's what i that's what i realized and that was the biggest revelation and epiphany ever it was just about loving myself because we don't we we forgive and and love everybody on on some basis we think we do but we never offer that to ourselves we really find fault excuse me we find fault with everything we do everything and um indeed yeah, um, I don't want to interrupt the flow, manager, because this is going brilliantly. What we do at this time of the show is just have a quick break with a little bit of music before we um, continue, just to give you a chance to catch your breath, get a drink, and, and whatever. Uh, but Wonderful. before we do, um, you did mention about uh, you do these free healing sessions. Yes. Could you yes. just tell people how to access those and then we'll go to the break for a few minutes and we'll come back and continue this wonderful conversation. Yes. Um, there's something called self-heal, emotional and physical ailments and recognize your true potential. It's on Facebook. And really you just need to join in. If you don't have Facebook, it's okay anyway. It's just the intention. And I'd like to explain what to do afterwards, but just go on to Facebook right now and you can see what it's about and I'll explain the components when we come back if that's okay. Yeah, that's great. So where okay. do they find you on Facebook? Um, well, that one's called I'm Under Vanisha Ananda, so it's very easy. And okay. also... I have a website, magnificentbeginnings.wordpress.com slash about slash, which has every single one of the videos I've done and sites and different things like that. And also my site, edu-healing.com, is about the neurofeedback and wellness kinesiology and the Siddhikaya Kalpa and, and different things like that. So, yes, please... Please look at okay. them all. That's lovely. <laughs> We've got the uh, the website right? is actually on the show notes, so if people are interested in that, and what we'll do um, after the show is we'll add those other links to the show notes as well, so people can go straight there without having to search. So um, that's great, manager. So Wonderful. we'll be back in just a few minutes. I'll hand over to Bill now, and we'll just have a little bit of music before we come back and continue our wonderful conversation. Great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. This is just really enjoyable. I'm really fascinated by what uh, you've been talking about. A lot of the different things have been along lines that um, I've been studying and learning and what have you. But, you know, every time you delve into something and you hear somebody else's learnings, you always learn more. And I've I've really appreciated that. And I might just remind our listeners, um, most everybody who listens to this show is pretty conscious but I, I would like to just take this moment to state, back when um, Jan and Vanity were speaking about the um, children in Ritland, um, I had to go through a major battle over Ritland with my uh, ex-wife and one of our children. And I lost that battle and ended up with a year of him on Ritland before I moved him out of that house and brought him to another school with me. And um, I've, I, you know, I just don't really like to even go there, as it were, on thoughts of what impact that might have had on him. But what I did want to share with the listeners is 
everything you see on television, every single thing you see on television is designed to brainwash you into a consumer mode of buying into things. And one of the things that they use very heavily, the pharmaceutical industry uses, is the term ask your doctor. Every time they show a product and say, do you have these symptoms, they are actually telling your brain to think you have those symptoms and they're programming you to believe there's something wrong with you. And by saying ask your doctor, they add credibility to that. And so you think, oh, well, this has got to be good. And even when you do the research, you find that the media is talking about it, the doctors are talking about it, the pharmaceutical companies are talking about it, and most of the media is talking about all these good things. And, oh, yeah, I did read one or two comments that said this might cause cancer. This is all a big, massive lie by the pharmaceutical industry. And the reason I know this is I did a consulting project in Europe with one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies in Europe. And during that project, I walked out on them and stopped the contract because I came across direct, outspoken people are collateral damages of making money. Death is part of our industry. And with that kind of attitude, that is third-dimensional world unconsciousness. So I just wanted to interject that for our listeners. Don't believe what you see and hear on the media. In fact, when we're teaching workshops, I tell everybody that the most dangerous weapon on the planet today is television programming and just get rid of the TV. Jan and I have a small one that was donated to us after many years. She's not even having one, but we uh, only watch DVDs of our choosing on that. So anyway, that's my little piece of advice for the day and a little bit. And let's let's take that opportunity to have that quick cup of tea uh, fixed up or what have you. And I think that actually because of the topic, um, we use a piece of music on a, a different show that I do from time to time, but I think this is a very appropriate one. So let's take four minutes and 14 seconds and listen to the absolute genius of one of the most amazing and genius composers on the planet today, Mr. Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys of Good Vibrations. And this is off of their 50th anniversary tour, which you can buy on DVD and CD. And Brian and the boys, after 50 years, still sound fabulous. There's a live version of Good Vibrations from that tour. It is coming, folks. I just want to let you know it is coming. It's just that we have a hamster that runs the um, Internet at our KOA campground, and the hamster is trying to catch up with uh, our progress, and it doesn't seem to be uh, coming through here at the moment, so let's try something different here. I thought good vibrations would be a really good one, but... I don't know if the hamster is going to allow us to um, actually perform here today because our Internet is so very slow. Bear with us. We're going to get there. One thing I'm going to do is I see part of the problem is our virus scan is trying to run, and, of course, that means that it won't let things go through the Internet. And 
I'm still getting no joy here. So we did take quite a long time that everybody might have gone and got their cup of tea while I was um, talking about that little rant against the pharmaceutical industry. You want to try to start it on yours? I, I'm not getting any joy over there. Thank you, Jan.
there you go. Fifty years, and I still found that good. And I just noticed on my computer that we're just wrapping up the beach boys at Angel Number Eleven Eleven. Wow, talk about powerful. That is really powerful. Anyway, as the crowd is cheering them on to a automatic stop point, um, one of the things I'd like to just interject real quick before uh, we go back to the show is um, a lot of people do these radio shows, and a lot of people use various forms of music on there. Um, Most of the music is out of copyright date, but it doesn't really matter. What I wanted to share with everybody is don't forget Part of the good love energy that creates the good karma and the good things coming back to you is doing things in a way that is considerate of the rest of humanity. And when artists work as hard as they do to create beautiful music and powerful messages, it is really important that you go out and buy the music if you like it. There's so many opportunities to take music and just keep it for yourself. But everything that we use, we actually buy the CDs, and we hope that everybody will do that. We encourage that. And music that gives out negative energy, negative vibes, and negative messages, if you don't buy it, folks, they'll stop making it. So there you have it. So back with uh, the wonderful energy of my lovely wife and Vanna Joe, who's joining us on the show with a really great show today. Loving it. Go for it, Jan. Thank you, Bill. And I've just actually brought up the Facebook page with the, um, the self-healing. It's actually on Facebook. It's called Free Self-Healing and Love Meditation. And if you, you go to Vanager Ananda's uh, own timeline on Facebook, you'll see the link to the events that she's set up in, in her sidebar, left-hand side. So I've managed to find it, Vanager, so I'm really excited about this. And, and you're going to be doing one tomorrow, by the look of it, August the 20th at 3 p.m. Is that uh, 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific time? It would um, be just, 3, yes. It's every Monday at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and Thursday 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Lovely. So, so I'm really looking forward to yeah. that after what you've been talking about. So... Um, you were going to explain a little bit more about the process, so so please go ahead. Yes, and let me tell there are two sites, and I'm glad you found the other one because I was just thinking about telling you. Um, Facebook actually locked it out three times. So the event was called Self-Heal Emotional and Physical Ailments and Recognize Your True Potential, and that is the third one that's still on Facebook right now. It was put up three times. Now, Facebook then locked me out totally, and the host, Denise, that was with me, called me. I was at work and said, what happened to all your pages? Every single one of my Facebook pages was deleted. And I couldn't get on till after 10 o'clock because I was working. So the great host that she was, she created a whole new page within an hour. This is at 5 o'clock on a Thursday, and it started at 6 o'clock. And the the page is called Free Self-Heal and Meditation, which you're on right now. And um, just a wonderful thing that she did. And for me to get back on Facebook, it was the funniest thing, so I have to tell you the story. They asked me security questions of who my friends are. Now, I allow anybody to be my friend because I want everybody to self-heal. 
so there are many people I don't know who they are by face. And then they would put a picture of Archangel Michael or Shiva up, and that was not one of the choices for the friends. So I said to God, please, you've got to help me so I could get back on Facebook. And miraculously, I passed and, and got back on Facebook. It was it was really, really funny. So anyway, well, that's really those... bizarre, isn't it, how, you know, <laughs> Have a site or a page that's so beneficial. Yes, it was. In my opinion, it's like when you help others, the corrupt don't like people self-healing because once they recognize what their powers are truly like and that they can manifest anything they want and they're not going to put up with being subservient and controlled by the corrupt, um, they don't want that. They want us all as slaves. So there's another site, too, a Gijon site, and he he was thrown off also, so he had to restart. So it, it's happened with several people. So when I'm thrown off, I just keep starting. Like the first, the first event had over 4,000 people. Now we're at 250 or something like that. But to be honest, you just join it, and it's not done through audio or video, except someone um, just put a, a video together with music for the self-healing event. Her name is Roshni, so I'll be, I'll be putting that up as soon as she gets it up on YouTube, and it's music that goes along with the self-healing event and, and reminds you what to do. But basically... Um, for the person, it's so easy to participate. What you do is you, you say a gratitude prayer to yourself and the divine, and then you, you wish for everybody to obtain their dreams, because people wrote down on the site different dreams they want to obtain. And when the collective consciousness gets together to pray for someone, that gives it so much more energy. So I always ask for people to pray for everybody to obtain their dreams. And then you can put your right hand on your heart or any part of your body that you wish to heal. Or you can put both palms up and just receive the energy and let the energy go wherever it wants to go in the body. And what you say is, I love myself unconditionally and I forgive myself completely over and over for a half hour and and it's that easy and i am a very i am a great conduit i would say for divine energy to flow through and i and i invite divinity from every religion because i love every single divine being out there in our galactic family and I love Allah and Buddha and Jesus and Shiva and Krishna and Moses and I can go on and on, hills and mountains. So I invite anybody of pure, unconditional love, complete forgiveness and total acceptance to come through my body to participate in these self-healing. And so whatever divine being that resonates with the person that is participating will feel that energy. They just will. 
and and I love it. It's absolutely amazing. Now, by saying that mantra, it actually allows me to help to talk to your inner child that we were talking about before and and asking your child on an energetic level to release things. And I go from chakra to chakra, and chakra are energy centers in the body that become blocked when we're anxious or stressed or um, angry or fearful or worried or anything like that. They become blocked, so energy cannot travel easily through the body. So what this does is we remove those beliefs and we transmute it into beliefs of courage and knowing your power and knowing you can manifest anything and knowing that you have inner peace and relaxation and rejuvenation. And I could go on and on. So we do that at each chakra, and there are seven main chakras in the body. And so when that's done, um, we use... The Kaya Kalpa that I talked about is from the Siddha tradition. And the Siddhas were the first healers with the first humans on this planet eons ago. And what they did, they achieved the immortal body. Kaya Kalpa that I'm doing is how to achieve a disease-free body. There were how this got um, transmitted down to the generations is they would write the techniques on palm leaves and it would go from generation to generation to generation in the siddhas, in that group. And there were two siddha masters, they're from Malaysia, and they didn't want to keep it secret anymore because the siddhas always kept a secret. And so these two masters taught it to anybody who wanted to learn it. And absolutely amazing and I was in a three-year course it was called the DOS program a three-year Siddha medicine doctor course and the last class was canceled that was the main reason I was in India but it was postponed and it was never rescheduled and that was the class I was also supposed to graduate so anyway um, midway through I became a Siddha Kaya Kalpa therapist and so what it is, is I'm able to go in, with, it's called jyoti, which is light. So it goes in at the molecular level, and it actually activates the neurotransmitter serotonin, so, which is um, a feel-good neurotransmitter. So it's a chemical that brings in feel-good and happiness into the body. And it activates that at every single chakra in the body. I go from one chakra to another and utilize this. And it transmutes it also into purity and light. And so people feel very blissful and inner peace and relaxed. And then when you have that kind of ability, you can make decisions with clarity and and then you make good decisions because then you're able to start activating what is called the pineal gland. It's an almond-shaped gland, and it's right above the pituitary or the um, 
yeah, the pituitary. And what it does is usually we use like 5 or 10% of our brain. So 90 to 95% of our brain is not being utilized. And that's because we're the 1% corrupt want us to be as slaves and they don't want us to utilize it, even though they know how to utilize it, which is amazing. But what that 90 to 95% is our intuition, and we all have it, and we're all beings at different dimensional levels. So that allows us to access the God in us or the higher dimensional frequency, and then we know the path to take. The, the, we know automatically. There may not be logic involved in it. We just know automatically this is the way I'm supposed to do it and this is what I do. And and people can call it a coincidence or or um, synchronicities or whatever they want to call it. What they're really doing is accessing their higher divine being, their multidimensional self, which exists at fifth dimensional or above. So this is the our self that offers unconditional love, complete forgiveness, total acceptance, unity, love, support, truth, freedom, liberation. This is who's guiding us, and this is who's with us 24-7 every time we want to call on him or her. And there's no gender in the higher realms anyway. It's just humans are in a form that are either male or female, but in the higher dimensions, there's really no gender. So really, we exist at every dimension. So we are actually angels at some dimensions. We are even ascended masters at some dimensions. We are galactic beings like um, Syrians, Palladians, Ashtar Command, Agathars, and, and all types of things. And those are just pure beings of just pure love. And so when we activate that pineal gland and the pineal and the pituitary act together, it opens up the third eye, which is between our eyebrows, and that gives us access to our God consciousness. And so this is what this self-healing does. And I call it a self-healing because we have so many meridian points in our hands. So when we put our hand on any part of our body, we are actually healing ourselves. And we all have the ability to heal, every single one of us. And all you need is the passion and intensity to do it. And there's no one any better or any worse on this planet. We're basically all have the ability. It's just who wants to access it and who doesn't want to access it. It's all a matter of choice. So, and by saying that mantra, you're actually allowing your inner child to start releasing all those fears and worries and and attachments and addictions and jealousies and lust and greed and um, discontentment and anger. And little by little, that inner child is releasing it 
releasing it. And people sometimes get scared because when you're releasing something, toxins to release, it has to come out of some orifice in your body. It just has to. And there's a limited number of orifices in our body. So it's either going to come out through nose or ears or eyes or the rectum or, or, you know, different areas. It comes out in flu-like symptoms. It comes out in emotional discharges. So people have to realize this is a clearing and a cleansing. And when you embrace it, when you embrace it and say, oh, thank you, thank you for releasing the toxins, thank you so much, thank you, thank you, thank you, you will see these toxins released really, really quickly, really, really quickly. And, and I'm talking about 24 hours or less. You know, or, you know, it's amazing, but you have to be willing to do it when you keep repressing it and saying, I don't know why I have this. It must be, oh, God wanted me to have it. There must be a reason. God does not want you to have this. God wants everybody to be happy. And because God gave everybody free will, he will not go against that. So people are making their own choices what to do. And what you put out comes right back to you. So when you put love and peace and compassion out to the world, you're going to see miracles galore happening in your world through other people or nature or songs or poetry or or your creativity is going to bloom. You're just going to see it. And when you put out anger, you could bet you are going to be miserable in your life. More anger is going to come towards you. It's not only going towards the person you're spewing the anger out, it's also harming your individual body. So we're all one, and this is what it means we're all one. What we put out affects us and everybody it's against. So we need to only put out love, peace, compassion, happiness, helping each other, um, freedom, liberty, talking, listening, and not sympathizing but having empathy, telling people, okay, that happened in the past. It's over. It's now time to start our new life. We can begin any life we want. We can create our own TV show or movie simply through our thoughts. And it's literally that easy. Our thoughts are just energy. And what goes out, if it's done at an emotional charge I'm talking about, like a lightning bolt, when when that type of emotion goes out, it comes right back to us. And, and I've witnessed it within my own life, and that's why I could talk about it, because I truly believe people must experience it within their own body to believe. Because, to be honest, if I didn't experience it within my own body, I would not believe it. I just wouldn't. So, <laughs> but the only way you're going to experience is to do the work. So this mantra is powerful, and even if you're, I mean, it's definitely powerful during the healing, which is twice a week, 
because then we have also the collective consciousness joining in for the same mission for everybody to heal and to obtain their dreams. Also, this mantra will work if you are feeling upset or or you don't know how to deal with things. Just say this mantra, I love myself unconditionally and I forgive myself completely. And say it over and over until you calm down, until your body calms down. And another thing I learned to do, I, I didn't love my body at all. As a matter of fact, I really hated it. I would say, I I abhorred my body. I was looking at movies and TV where they showed this perfect person with a totally flat stomach and, you know, perfect face and perfect this and perfect that, and I was not measuring up to it. And I thought, oh, my God, I, I want a new body, basically. I don't like... I don't like my stomach, I don't like my breasts, I don't like my nose, I don't like my feet, my rear could do some changes, blah, blah, blah. And not only did I say that, I actually went through um, plastic surgery. And after the plastic surgery, I didn't see any changes except my breasts became bigger, but I thought they were fake. I hated them, to be honest. (laughs) So even after this whole thing of thinking I can change my body through this plastic surgery, I saw it was all based in the emotions. Until I changed my emotions, I could have five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten plastic surgeries. Nothing was going to change it. So what I learned is I would go nude in front of the mirror and I would touch every single part of my body, starting with the head. And I would say, I love you head. I love you forehead. I love you cheek. I love you nose. I love you neck. And I'd go so on and so forth. And I wouldn't call my vagina vagina because I felt it connotated something bad for me. So I started calling it a yoni because I respected the Shiva Lingam so much and it it was the yoni and the lingam. So I started calling it a yoni and treating it as a goddess and loving it because I really didn't like it because it caused me so much pain, so much pain. And I just wanted to be done with it. And I learned to love everything every single part of my body. I would do this daily. It only took like five minutes. I would do it every single day. I'd just look at myself and say, I love you. I love you in every body part. And if I ever had a sensation, I don't call it pain because pain connotates something to the brain that that um, triggers more pain. So I would call it a sensation because the brain didn't attribute that to pain, really. So whenever I had a sensation in a particular area, and usually it was my feet, I would say, I love you feet, 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 until that sensation went away. And I was amazed it worked. It really, really worked. And that's how I started loving my body. And... And I still have, like, um, I don't have a totally flat stomach. You know, nothing happened that that I really wanted. It's the funniest thing. God was, like, teaching me a lesson. And, you know, I was teaching myself a lesson, obviously. 
And because if, if it did work, I would have gotten an, a plastic surgery on literally every part of my body. And I could see how these actresses and actresses actors do it. I can see it's a, it's a total addiction. And I lived through it. So I'm just saying, uh, I'm telling everybody my experience. And, you know, I'm not saying it's going to work for you, but it definitely, definitely worked for me. And and I believe it will work for you if you really have the intensity and passion to do it. So this is uh, really, I'm using the word fascinating a lot in this conversation. <laughs> you never know what's really coming out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> the recurring theme that I'm getting through all of this is it's all about love. And when you were talking earlier about the inner child and the fact that, you know, the experiences that you had were actually your search for unconditional love, which, of course, is is the God source, isn't it? It's unconditional love. And it, it's, you know, returning to that place of unconditional love. And mm-hmm. I realized that, you know, in even my experience, my experiences also, you know, the not good enough really comes from feeling you're not getting that love from other people. You're getting, you know, uh, humiliation or, you know, anger or whatever that that might be. So we're really talking here about approaching everything with love as the ultimate healer, are we not? Absolutely. And you have to just realize that, I mean, you're loved by God and all the galactic family, totally. They're the only ones really that know how to give unconditional love. And and I realized that on this planet, and I experienced it um, a few months ago. I was actually shocked because I know we bring these experiences into our life, yes, but the people have to participate also for it to happen, okay? So I thought for sure if my family ever thought I truly, truly, truly needed them, they would always be there for me. I I really had no doubt. And to me that was unconditional love. You know, that is unconditional love. So a circumstance came up about a few months ago (laughs) And, and and my family was mad at me. I went to India for eight months, and they thought I abandoned them. So I knew they were already angry. And I bring up things and people automatically through my energy so they can release uh, um, limiting patterns, you know. And so I did that, And but I said, okay, but I thought maybe my ex would be mad at me, my son, but my Daughter, I didn't. I I just couldn't see her not being there whenever I needed it because she, we, her and I were simply inseparable. We were just, you know, we adore each other and we still do. <laughs> but um, what happened was, she said to me, I I was, I said I was going to do something. I didn't even tell her. I told my ex, but he apparently told my kids. I don't like getting them involved. But anyway. She says to me, if you do X, I will never speak to you again. And then she looked into my eyes and she said, I mean it. And 
and I looked at her and I saw she really did mean it and she was willing to never speak to me again and it put my whole system into a complete shock and because I never believed it was really going to happen I thought she would be the one to prove that unconditional love in humans do exist and what happened, every time people that profess their love to me, it, it, it literally ripped my soul, but I was able to repair it, thank God, because I learned. And even this I was able to repair, but and, and whenever I wanted to get into the fifth dimension, I, li- I really could. I could be happy and self-heal and do whatever. But when I wanted to think about it and feel it in every cell in my body, because I wanted to be able to talk about this with people so they they could understand this it, it's so important and it i i considered i even wrote in the book it's like a crucifixion i felt every time people that profess their love to me and then abandoned or betrayed or ostracized me it was like a nail going through my heart every single time and it was excruciating really excruciating and yes I was able to repair it but at times I lived with it a day or two or three just to feel it and um, it was just beyond excruciating and this is what society is doing to everybody and thank God I was able to repair it and I thought about how many people don't know how to repair this and, and I could see people really wanting to leave the planet and committing suicide. I can I literally felt it in my body and I could feel it for all of humanity. So anyway, her betrayal to me was like right in the center of my heart. It was it like just was the last nail of my crucifixion is the only way I can say it. And I I was so shocked, but at the same time, I was able to offer unconditional love and complete forgiveness and kept saying it over and over and over to her. And I I would say it, you know, telepathic, you know, through my thoughts. Whenever you want to come back, you're always welcome. I love you. You know, I understand you're angry and, and this and this, and I kept doing that, and um, it, it showed me that, yes, I really do have unconditional love that I can offer everybody, so that means I really love myself unconditionally and forgive myself completely, and that didn't happen until a few months ago, totally, so that was amazing, amazing for me, but then I said to myself, okay, I brought this into my life. Okay, so, yes, she was angry, but that wouldn't have done it. So I I went through my life in this lifetime, and I adopted a child, and and I loved her. I adored her or told her, and so I thought on a conscious level. And when challenges occurred and she wanted to go back to her biological father, I was happy to send her off. So I basically betrayed a daughter in this lifetime, and so another daughter betrayed me, and that's how the universe works. And um, and I went through other parts of my life too, where you know I betrayed people, and it just made sense. So 
every single fear I have had, I literally have encountered. You know, I, I thoughts of being homeless, I experienced that. Thoughts of starving, I experienced that. I loss of family was the final, final straw, and I experienced it. And what happened was. I didn't shrivel and die and become um, a psychiatric patient, although people thought I, or some still think I'm, I'm psycho, whatever. But <laughs> what happened was I became so much stronger, and I am just so happy all the time. And and what happens is anytime any external circumstance comes into my life, anything, um, I am able to handle it so, so easily and with laughter and joy. And it's like the best gift ever. So to me, the best gift I have achieved and that no one could take away from me is happiness. And, and that is like, oh, my God, that is like the best, 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 best. And that's what everybody's searching for, happiness. Happiness, no matter where you are, what you're doing, who you're with, you're happy. It doesn't matter. I could be doing dishes. I could be, I could be wiping diapers, and I've done that, you know, whatever, because <laughs> I worked with senior citizens, um, recently were actually for the last past two years so anyway it didn't matter to me I could be scrubbing floors I didn't really care I was just happy I'd be singing I'd call the angels in and and we would just have fun and the person would be happy with me because they're thinking oh my god they're gonna get yelled at for doing this and I'm like Whatever, we all, this happens to everybody, you know, who cares? It's part of being human. And, you know, we'd clean it up and that would be it and we would sing and walk and dance and whatever the case may be. So to me, that is the greatest, greatest, greatest gift in the world. And that's what I'm, I want everybody to have. I want everybody to have it. And it's, so much easier now with this mantra, finally. Um, you don't have to go through, like, years like I do, like I did. And um, and I'm here to help anybody who truly wants to help themselves. And so I feel we, we work together and to heal, and that's it. And my biggest, my biggest um, wish was to... Be a, um, I can't even say it now, it's so weird. <laughs> I want to be a pure conduit for divine energy to flow through so I can see the disease inside people's body and heal it with the help of the participant. And and believe it or not, I'm literally able to do that. I saw ribs going together. I saw bones going together. Um, I, I, I and the person was able to stop the bleeding where they didn't have to have an operation. This is, this is all real. And um, it, to me, that is the, great, the greatest gift is happiness and then for everybody to be happy on this planet. 
that is Absolutely. what I wish for everybody to ascend to the fifth dimension and above and recognize who we truly are, that we're all divine beings. We all are masters of our own divinity. And and that's that's my greatest wish, really. And that's so wonderful, Manager. I mean, so much on the same page. Our our, our wish is for people to live in love, joy, peace, and abundance, which in in itself is happiness. We believe, and that's to to us. That's that's everybody's yeah. sole purpose in this life to get to that place, and that it is under under each person's control as to how they approach every experience. And even in the worst challenges, to be conscious of the fact that you're you're in in control of how you respond to it is is a great comfort actually as you're going through these things. So um, we definitely share the same intentions here in terms of helping people to get to that place of um, you know. unconditional love for themselves and the ability then to spread that across the planet so it's been an absolute joy to talk to you today and I think we've come to a a nice place to conclude the conversation really it seems to round off really nicely with that last statement of yours so before we um, we say goodbye today could you just share again with our listeners how to to contact you how to find out more about you on, on the various platforms that you have Yes, um, magnificentbeginnings.wordpress.com slash about slash uh, gives you a bunch of videos that I've done. The first is a singing video, and the second is more serious, and the third was done from 2012. They all have important messages to share about what's happening, what happened in 2012 on this planet, which is in dreams, our reality, and what's taking place now. And you're talking about prosperity. Prosperity is coming for everybody in this world as soon as people join together as one. And I'm talking about millions and billions of people with the same mission. And, and In the book, there is a way I have figured out how people can join together, and that is explained on that site. So I'm I'm hoping millions and billions will join. I've seen it um, many times in my vision. I know it's happening. It's just a matter of when because the past, present, and future run simultaneously in the higher realm. So we don't know exactly when that is, but it could be instantaneously. The other website is edu-healing.com, which talks about all the medicine techniques and neurofeedback and wellness kinesiology and brain gym and memory techniques and Muscatova method and also gives Um, the sun salutation description and also herbal herbal plants that you could use for healing so and also there's a synopsis about dreams are reality on there if anybody would like a free ebook about dreams or 
about dreams are reality, which was authored by me and all the people who joined together as one to bring our planet back to its utopian beginnings. This is written on the front cover, as well as all the galactic things as well. So if anybody would like a free ebook, I'd be happy to send it to you and just email me, which is also my email address is on those sites as well, but it's P as in Peter, E as in Eve, W as in water, 2104 at gmail.com. And I'd be thrilled to send it to you. So thank you so much, everybody. And um, thanks for having me on today. It was very fun and wonderful. And if anybody has questions, feel free to contact me. Thank you, Zanaja. It's been an absolute joy, and I'm so glad that we were able to have you on the show. And um, I'm sure it will be a joy to have you back another time because you obviously have so much to share with people. So um, let's let's set the intention for that, perhaps, um, to follow up on this. And, uh, you know, I personally am definitely going to experience what you were talking about, the healing, because you know, we're, we're still peeling off the layers of the onion, as it were, of these various things that, uh, you know, have happened to us in this lifetime and previous lifetimes. So I shall um, definitely join you in your healing tomorrow. Look forward to that. And, um, Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, and great. I just want to say a big thank you to you for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much. It's been wonderful and a pleasure. And I offer you love and blessings and to all your listeners as well. Thank you. And uh, before I um, hand back to Bill, just to round the show off, I'd just like to thank everybody for listening today and to remind you about where to find us. Uh, We're at asmilingworld.org or .com. Uh, you can also find our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash powerful people. And we're on Twitter at, with the hashtag a smiling world. So look for us there. And um, we'd love to see you at one of our live workshops as, as we travel around the United States and eventually in the UK and, and other wonderful places as well. So keep an eye on where we'll be uh doing our next event and that's on our asmilingwall.org forward slash event page so thank you again manager and I'm going to say my goodbye to everybody and hand you back to Bill great thank you and have a wonderful day Okay, yeah, that was a really interesting show. And I tell you what, I'm, I'm, I always try to get the downloads and the playbacks and time to listen to them. And I'm really looking forward to listening to this again because uh, there's so much to take in and so uh, wonderful. And I appreciate you girls sharing all of that and doing that with us. And I'm going to sign us off the show. I was looking through and we've got a little catalog of music that we use for various things and as most of you know when we move from Portland to Seattle and Seattle to Denver or wherever we use the sign off of Willie Nelson's On the Road again but I think today based on this wonderful message and this global consciousness shift I think we should do off of the Radio Chaos album of Roger Waters I think we should do the song The Tide is Turning I think that's very appropriate for today. So here's Roger, and the tide is turning. 
And thank you all for all listening. We do appreciate it, and we'll see you next week.